assault an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. Uh, ready to hang with the boys. Hang with the crowd. Hell yeah. See so you, uh, throwing a party at Look, I'm broke. <laughs> broke. Right? You got it out of me, I'm broke. <laughs> I'm I stole the boat. Uncle John, yeah, yeah, he's crazy. Uncle John, he can uh, make fun of us all he wants. He's our uncle. He is. Oh, the music's still running, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's all good. <laughs> We're doing things loose. <laughs> Getting it. Part of the part of the GIF, it's new, new GIF file format with sound. Shout out to uh, Curious RX again with the uh, with those subs- uh, gift subscriptions. We appreciate those very much. Oh wow! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, good people, man. He uh, he was hanging out with me on. Uh, there you were. At. I think it's you, uh, but I'm assuming um, was hanging out with me on. Uh, on another stream really really fun stuff we had a good time yeah some cobra, cobra. the rise of the hacking streams i've been noticing there's a lot of people have been uh well, especially like bug bunny people have been starting to stream a lot uh of informational content that's cool yeah it's real real cool what's real funny is uh, i contacted um twitch a while ago to to stream 
like live stream parts of a con um like like a legit con like not yeah. just a fucking meetup and um you know talks and shit and they were just like we don't allow hacker content <laughs> how times have changed that was like at least like, you know four four or five years ago so yeah <laughs> like, oh you don't allow hacking content huh <laughs> interesting i think they yeah. Yeah, for the one I did, um, they actually had a, uh, there was a category carved out for it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it was funny, Whitey Cracker getting banned uh, that time where he wrote uh, Twitch View Booster on Twitch. Oh. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny, though. That's a yeah. good way to get banned. I like it. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a fun stream. <laughs> Sitting there, just yeah. How times have changed. Projects. What have people been doing? Uh, Been working on getting some of this um, Threatland stuff all organized. Going to be putting out a lot of um, really cool stuff that we just found online is open source tossing it out there for people to look at some of you know different fishing kits we found uh, and been able to pull down um just a lot of a lot of interesting stuff a lot of cred stuffing uh like weird things and a few other a few other things um just trying to figure out some some bits and pieces of how to host it and um whatnot because you know a lot of this stuff isn't something that uh, you know google Google safe browsing uh, would like you to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it'd, be not, it'd be interesting to look at uh, some of those uh, discovery and scanning platforms and see there's a format that it could be, you know, like a nice universal format that can plug into whatever everybody's using. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's in the chat, raw malware. <laughs> Yeah, just get the uh, just download all of uh, virus total. <laughs> the Every total. The, yeah. yeah, there's yeah definitely places that do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's good to see shit as it actually is uh, meant to be seen around the wild. But so, um, it presents some some challenges. I'm sure. I got this uh, this project I've been waiting. So I put a, a Twitter poll out. I have this this Mac that's. Uh, the battery in it is like twice as thick as the laptop. Uh, I tweeted about it earlier this week, the poll of if I should just like do it. Like I need to desolder the cells and replace like this controller board to make this other battery, you know, take its place. But um, the original cells are like almost indefinitely going to catch fire at some point. Uh, and the Twitter poll told me I should live tweet. I should, uh, I should uh, Twitch it, but uh, it's been raining. So hopefully yeah. we'll see some lithium flames. <laughs> Doesn't rain uh, increase the lithium flames? Sorry? Doesn't rain, rain yeah. increase the lithium frames though? Yeah, but it's like <laughs> cold and raining and I don't want to stand out in the rain with my phone trying to like film a fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the real thing. When it stops raining, I'm out there. Nice. Oh. Well, uh, let's get into the news then. Into the news. Um, we have a pretty, pretty funny uh, first article, which is uh, Apple's walkie-talkie app 
um, which could allow iPhone eavesdropping. So I guess this is using the the Apple Watch, and Apple have uh, obviously gone ahead and and disabled this. Uh, yeah, it gives a push to talk function. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm an Android user, so I don't know know too much about about this. Uh, but I've never heard of anyone using the Walkie Talkie app before. No. <laughs> yeah. That's uh this is a, a pretty obscure thing. Like I don't I don't own an Apple Watch. Um nor do I want to, and this makes me <laughs> want to get one less. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's one of those things. This article mentions the uh the FaceTime bug earlier. Mm -hmm. Of course, allowed for people to you know see and listen in. Um, oh, that was the one where you could uh, when you when you call somebody and then you like add someone to the call and it automatically picks up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some some, some low tier like normie bugs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then of course everyone's talking about the Zoom thing too. But yeah, I guess that's still going. That's just tacked on to the end. Of, of the article they seem to do a pretty good job uh addressing that pretty quickly that, that was actually interesting how apple addressed that um i didn't didn't capture this traffic myself i was hoping maybe somebody else did uh but apple pushed out the uh, mitigation for that silently so they mitigated uh third-party apps um running process silently uh over like with it with an uh, an update that you didn't need to confirm so that was pretty interesting uh, yeah if anybody knows how that works like tweet about it and uh, yeah. let us know for sure for sure yeah. uh anyway what's what's next on the on the docket here uh, we got, uh oh so google uh the google workers get to listen to your your private stuff yeah, this one's one that uh, kind of caught me. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, anytime you are recording your voice and sending it to Google uh, for any reason, like, it's not super surprising that you would hear this, right? Um, however, for it to be in the news uh, is is interesting. Let's say that it's not, not only that it's transcribed and then listened to by uh, professional you know researchers doing for linguists linguists yeah. yeah um yeah it's it is surprising that they are just you know saying oh yeah by the way like we store your voice data here and then just give it to people to listen to right like <laughs> yeah I, I guess uh amazon uh have the whole alexa privacy thing where you can log in and listen to, to snippets but um yeah yeah a lot of the time I'll say stuff like if I'm on the phone, I'll be like, I'll just Google it. And then like all of a sudden um, the Google home does some shit. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I yeah. got to put that back on mute. Sometimes I may or may not say terrorism keywords. So uh. <laughs> Microsoft also logs all your Cortana recordings too. Oh if yeah. You log into the website, uh, the Microsoft website. Yeah. It's all that's, there. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm totally like every time it's it's so foreign to me because I don't install Windows a great deal, but when you do install it, it's like click here to sign in. It's like this is very reminiscent of like MSN Messenger and all the things, <laughs> all the horrible things that went with that when everybody got owned. Yeah. 
you have Cortana completely removed. Yeah, that, that takes a little bit of work though. That's a weird part about it. It's like you yep. have to, to fully kill it. I think you have to go to the registry. Or at least yeah, know. I have a PowerShell <laughs> script that does it. Yeah. It's just, ugh. <laughs> So with um, so this actually came up in a, a business discussion at a large enterprise that I won't name um, about people bringing their uh, their laptops into business like into into meetings and um, Cortana and also Siri were the concerns. But in the case of Cortana, is there a an ISO that that you can you can get that just doesn't have Cortana, like a, one of the K or N builds? Windows 7. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to, but I mean, like there are numerous script, like PowerShell scripts that'll take all of that kind of stuff out. Well, and, and I'm sure that you could do it through domain policy of some sort if you really were motivated to do that. Oh yeah. yeah. Like from a large business perspective, I guess that would be the thing. People taking in like surfaces and stuff into into private meeting rooms with, you know, sea uh, levels and whatever yeah um and and also the other thing i guess brings you to the to the uh problem of enforcing it with sea levels and being like yeah yeah hey executive can you can you do this well, and they're just like no i'm the smartest at least it's not candy crush yeah i need, that, it. I need it. the fact that they they did that for windows pro and i think they did in some distributions of enterprise just that's so obnoxious Oh, like straight on the stop menu. Oh, it looks like the, uh, yeah. the stream's down. Is the so stream down? <coughs> no. I don't think so. Okay, no, maybe just me. All right, my bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like straight on the start menu, fresh install, and it's like install Minecraft. It's like, I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft everywhere. Oh, man. You can do all your work on a redstone computer inside Minecraft. <laughs> Yeah, all, you don't do any more. Uh, you don't need to do any more, like you know, flowcharts or anything. Just building in redstone. And I don't know if you guys saw, but earlier today I found a tool that bridges like every single platform ever, and it has Minecraft support. It does oh, Gitter, Slack, Discord? Just <laughs> it's it's wild. Like a bridge, like one of those uh, like old egg drop scripts that would just bridge everything. It's for yeah. when you really need to, like when you're playing Minecraft and uh, yeah, you really need notifications in Minecraft that, you know, mods <laughs> down. Like, oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, there, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I definitely know people that would benefit from that. Uh, yeah. Like, there's like a bamboo build that just takes like 700 years. <laughs> and like, you've got enough time to just like be digging in Minecraft for a little. Yeah. Uh, it has failed. Of course it fucking has. Um, <laughs> uh anyway what's next what's next story here yeah patented unhackable <laughs> computer uh canceled oh yeah canceled. <laughs> man what a shame i was yeah. really looking forward to never getting hacked again yeah. this, guy, this 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 idea like was is fucking crazy like if you haven't read this kickstarter which is now canceled like read um so the guy is like i have 35 years experience in building like low-level BIOSes and like doing all this like CPU stuff and you know um or whatever and uh I also am a security person and and whatever like so electronics engineer and all this stuff which straight away when you say unhackable and you say you can do all this stuff and we've seen everything with like Bitfi and everybody else who claims unhackable you instantly think like okay bullshit um well, it, 
the Kickstarter page made it sound like he mostly had worked in like in, in electrical engineering in the past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and there was some level of like, oh, why isn't anybody doing security this way? They could just make it unhackable and that would solve everybody's problems. Mm -hmm. I don't uh -huh. know why no one's ever thought of that before. <laughs> One of the interesting things was uh, separating network processing away from like local processing or whatever, like having two separate uh, like compute engines. And I, I think that's what we call hypervisors. And uh, we, we have that already. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's just funny. There's many ways to segment this already. Yeah, it just goes to show that uh, patents mean mean absolutely jack shit. <laughs> like someone's yeah. like someone at the patent office goes, "I don't know what a computer is." You <laughs> it's know, fine. You're you're good. Can't be hacked. Weirdly enough, this is not the first time I've had this conversation about uh, segmented. Like, there, there's this mentality that segmented things can like be this the magic bullet for security purposes. Yeah, and it just doesn't work that way usually. I mean, MDS, like all of the uh, the microarchitecture, uh, not micro, the um, speculative execution attacks, and like that whole family, just yeah. shows as well. Like the <laughs> even if you're running uh, virtualization, like different virtualization layers, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the mitigation for those attacks is to turn up hyper threading. Um, yeah because you can still cross that barrier yeah well, and Intel can't make a uh, unhackable processor like right not gonna make an unhackable computer like well and if you were to fully segment it then theoretically you'd be perfectly secure but you'd have to perfectly segment it and it wouldn't be useful at all because it wouldn't have to have you know wouldn't be connected to anything yeah my um, my unhackable logic gate <laughs> but it's like you know just yeah it, it's uh What's what's Sun's logo that was adopted by uh, adopted by? Oh man, I can't remember. Somebody adopted Sun's logo this week. The network is the computer. <laughs> I I think that's what this guy like totally missed. The network is the computer. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, you have things like Chromebooks that are basically just hidden clients for using the computer. Yep. But uh, where did this idea come from? In a dream. I love that. Just dreamt, dreamt it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, every dream. single, all of the best projects come from people who just have random dreams and decide that they want, uh, they want it to work. Yeah, but it's interesting as well. So like from the patent perspective, again, um, the requirements for something to be patentable, uh, you need it to be uh, novel and inventive, I believe, are the two main requirements yeah. so if it's novel and inventive you can get yourself a patent on pretty much everything if you can file it yeah. um so you'll find like a whole bunch of patents that are out there that are literally blockers so like they'll have an idea that's really close to a bunch of other ideas that they actually want to do and they're just there to stop any other research and whatever happening and even if you have one you still need to be able to back it up so yeah, it's it's a weird thing where there's a lot of patents for things that could literally never exist. But like oh. I said, the, the job of the patent office is not necessarily to, uh, you know, obviously they don't have subject matter experts going over all of these things. Just, well, and, and, you know, honestly, uh, I think that it's, I honestly think it's reasonable to patent something that doesn't exist if you're actually able to execute on it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that's kind of the point is to encourage innovation. The whole idea of a patent is that it's, 
uh, you know, giving giving you exclusivity in exchange for making it public, right? Making your designs public. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's it's pretty cool, but uh, one of the great conspiracy theorists' uh, patents is the, the cure, is it the cure for AIDS, I think? It's like a patent for uh, the cure for AIDS. And um, probably like a lot of conspiracy theorists are like, yeah, it's invented by the government. Like, look up this patent and you'll see oh, that yeah. the government, the government holds the patent. It's like, yeah, but does it work? Like, yeah, did you test it? Oh, yeah. There's I mean, <laughs> people also like. I mean, like, you could say that you're going to raid Area 51, but it's a totally different thing to actually hey, do. Hey, well, that's the, that news story is later in the. <laughs> oh, okay. later in the news it's in there it is in there <laughs> we're gonna get to it my point is that executing on something is is different than coming up with it but i do i do think that the role of a patent is not necessarily to prove something exists yeah, right. yeah. someone should have patented area 51 memes <laughs> this man <laughs> all right so um this one I had it earlier this morning. I didn't really get a chance to read it, but uh, the FBI releases the master decryption key keys for the uh, Gand Crab ransomware, and for multiple versions of it as well. Purposely um, or what? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Gand Crab shut down a few months ago, right? Right. I mean, they're just known for kind of losing things. So. <laughs> Oops! Slipped. Uh, slipped and fell onto the internet. <laughs> But yeah, well, that's so cool. uh, that's good. Yeah. They, they, decryption keys uh, are out there, so that's that's interesting. But um, like to counter that, there's also uh, a, a, another news article with the FBI doing cool stuff again coming up later. So uh, we'll get to that one. Yeah. Did yeah. they uh, on the Gan crap? I don't know if anybody knows this, but but what was the like, were they actually using the same encryption key for everything, or was it like a master signing key? Um, it appears, it appears to be uh, they were using uh, a single key, but then they were changing keys with the versions as well. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of them out there. Um, yeah, it's always neat when that kind of stuff hits. Um. But yeah, FBI, good old FBI. That was a yeah. So ransomware as a service is pretty like pretty dirty stuff anyway. It's not something that uh, yeah yeah. Well, at least they have the capability to decrypt it. I know that there's a lot of ransomware that just won't decrypt ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, someone sat there for a long time. I mean, uh, I don't know exactly what. Uh, what algorithm they were using, or like, I guess it's some form of a asymmetric curve that they've, um, you know, maybe the uh, FBI figured it out pretty easily, or maybe they captured it from somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think the part of it was I know that Gan Crab published at least one of those keys. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm wondering, like, because they, when they shut down, I think they, they published one. I'm going to say bold. Bold business strategy. Publishing. Yeah, well, they, they walked away with a lot of money, so it works it's out. A bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how that works out for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm wondering if maybe it was a either they sent a bunch of other ones to the FBI or it was more of like a insecure random or something. Yeah, God only knows. 
Well, they were just oh. trolling in the end. They're like, haha, we got all the money, have the keys back, who cares? Well, that was definitely it for the, la the last one. I don't know if they released the other versions, though. Cool. So um, moving on to the next one, I'm, I'm sure that everybody sort of noticed this on uh, July 2nd, that uh, Cloudflare sort of went down, disappeared, and uh, along with a whole bunch of stuff with it. Um, Good old half the internet. Is, <laughs> yeah. is cloudflare.down.com goes down and cloudflare goes down <laughs> like, <laughs> well, someone, was, someone was tweeting about how like there's a site that literally is for checking if like websites are down anyway, and yeah. and it also went down because it was hosted on cloudflare well i one of the more interesting things that i was seeing with that there was some discussion about the WannaCry kill switch being hosted on cloudflare yeah oh, oh really oh i think it went down for an hour or so, but I don't know if they knew exactly what the impact of that was. That's fascinating. Huh. Um, so I'm what's... assuming Marcus is still locked out of it too, so he would not. Well, so, so at this point, I, I, I think that they had transferred ownership over to uh, to Cloudflare. There was an article about that. Um, it yeah. stayed up from what I had read on it. I think there was like a couple of like a couple of hundred thousand attempts, but nothing actually happened. Well, I, I thought that there was a brief downtime but maybe i, I yeah it. i can't remember it was it was just a brief overview that i read through yeah i mean the sheer amount of um of uh smb1 that's still on the internet is a high enough volume that oh yeah i mean allowed a few to get through for sure yeah. it was like, uh the other day i was just going through looking uh at places back in my uh, old hometown that just on showdown just for fun and i saw something with smp1 and i was like oh boy that's not good uh and then sure enough like a week later i got a call uh and someone was saying that they got ransomware and it was the exact thing i saw and i was like well then uh <laughs> lets me know that <laughs> you know uh it's uh very easy to find still and if it's out there it's going to be it's going to be pop so oh yeah well so one of the things i've been doing is just looking at all the stuff hitting this little box i'm running and it's like 80 or 80 percent or more of it is smb traffic it just gets hammered oh yeah for sure i would imagine like if you had a honeypot out there uh the the numbers of connections would be absolutely insane yeah, yeah it's gotten to the point where i have to I have to filter it. <laughs> we had that bot. Uh, we had a couple of honeypots running. Remember that we were just feeding the credentials back to Discord for a while. I was surprised that bot didn't get turned for how much, like, yeah, like just actual, spamming, like, just spamming the channel with creds. Like, yeah, I'd like, to, yeah, like tens of lines per second of just like wow. random attacks. It was, yeah, it was well, fair. especially if you're if you're in the IP space of like digital ocean or whatever. Oh yeah. I missed that. So um so just on this uh Cloudflare Cloudflare thing, um if you haven't read the article and you're not interested in uh Cloudflare themselves, what you should probably read, and I, I recommend anyone who thinks Regex is magic, I'm just gonna quickly paste in the in the chat, in the Twitch chat, 
So this was a this was a regex that was added uh, to the XSS WAF rules on Cloudflare that caused the CPUs to just go through the fucking roof. And that's that's basically like why the outage happened. But if you scroll past the Cloudflare spe specific stuff, uh, it'll actually go into why this regex sucks. And um, you know, while it is regex magic, and a lot of people, you know, write it and test it and and sort of play you know use like re a tool like regexer or something well, regexer is what i like to use um to sort of test quick regexes it doesn't test how efficient they are and some of them are very inefficient um when searching for certain things and it, it explains this exact regex and why the cpu um went through the roof so it's, it's also a good read on uh to to level up your regex magic and um yeah Okay, one of those things that it's uh you don't find too many stories that uh, are like seemingly like super unique, but this is a this is a pretty good one as far as like uh, you know infosec stories that have you know have not been really seen that much before or that often before. And uh, a lot of companies don't like to post their fuck ups, right? So yeah. not only did they post their fuck up, they post the complexity of it as well, which was. Uh, Kind of nice. Yeah, uh, Cloudflare, you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cloudflare. They've always been really good about uh, full disclosure on their uh, on their mess ups and uh, and their goof ups and their. <laughs> they're uh, they're also pretty ups. good at, at writing up technical things. Like, there's been some really useful blog posts that they put out on various things. Yeah, they don't they don't dumb it down. Um, yeah. They keep it technical. They keep it. They keep it uh, interesting. I think they uh, they also um, put a lot of their stuff out there. Open source contribute back as well. Yeah, it was good. Mm -hmm. Good to see companies. Always love companies that contribute back. Yep. Uh, what we got next? Yep. So we have. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you say that? Avgo. 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 Another. Yeah. Company yeah. with the generic, like not actually a word uh, for a name. Avgo, yeah. Uh, good job naming your company, and uh, bad job securing your shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like it's a it's a hotel booking company, um, which is always great because you know when you go to a hotel, right, and. Uh, you've booked online through insert website here, you know, you go there and you got to hand over your credit card and they take your name and then you sign into like the shitty uh, Wi-Fi with your room number and usually your name or something. You just know that like your creds are going everywhere. You're like, oh, great. Mm. Oh yeah. Take your travel router. Number one, make sure it's configured for VPN, at least to your house or something. I don't know. Get, get home safely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah so it reminds me of uh, oh God, it was many years back. Someone uh, basically fuzzed their their TVs at the Hilton uh, during DefCon uh, to and was able to access other rooms' information, like the booking information of other rooms through the TV. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like TV hotels with TVs always have that like weird box that I don't really know what it is on the back. 
Oh. Well, then you have the smart mirrors or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh. If you take the, I've heard if you take a ballpoint pen and uh, or even just like a um, just a piece of plastic or anything and stick it in the uh, the security covering that covers the, uh, the cables, it puts enough tension on the uh, screw that you can just kind of easily twist it off. And this would only be used, obviously, to connect your home portable DVD player to play family games and yeah. not for any other reasons. But Not Chromecast, so you could just watch Netflix in a hotel. like Because you got to pay for movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You would Every, never well, to a but definitely not looking up the high channels that have weird, weird stuff in the displays. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, if you're authorized. If you're authorized. <laughs> Research purposes only. Research mm-hmm. purpose botnet. High quality cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty safe to say that if you've ever gone, like if you've ever stayed at a hotel, that uh, all your sweet docs are in somebody's shitty database. Oh yeah, absolutely. I so, uh, book for I said at the hard <laughs> once or twice, and they got owned the like a month after I stayed there. It was great. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, eh, good old hotels hotels seem to be like ripe for the picking right now uh, yeah, everything from hotels on itself to other guests to like it's just everywhere you look but you're like oh shit that looks terrible oh crap that looks worse <laughs> I, th- th- yeah yeah they all got fun vulnerabilities there was one that I had tablets in each room that controlled the volume and like you could turn the radio on <laughs> uh, i i i typed in a random ip address in the same subnet i was in and sure enough it had vnc on it oh. <laughs> it to be my neighbor downstairs and uh acdc's black and black just cranked up. <laughs> yeah. was uh the most hilarious thing to hear coming through my floor. <laughs> I, I feel comfortable saying this because th- there were no passwords that I bypassed. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Anything that I think was exceeding access, it, it seemed to be. Chromecast. It was research ACDC. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and also they knew the people that were downstairs. Yeah, they were cool. It's, with it. it's somewhat limited in its ability to do anything significant. It is right. It didn't hurt. There is um, there, there's a few things you can get out of it though. Um, I played around with it a little bit. There's there's obviously the SSIDs of of surrounding networks, right? You can get that information out of them. Uh, you can get some of the, that kind of data. Uh, oh, are you talking about the tablets or? No, from from Chromecast devices. Like they'll uh, you can use them to scan surrounding Wi-Fi, which can give some like geo IP stuff. Oh, that's fun. Uh, you can also do, so they can do this live streaming. Part of that is like reach out to a third party, like they reach out to an arbitrary URL. So you can do some some of that as well. But they're mostly just fun. 
yeah, fun's what it's all about. Got next here. Sprint account breaches via Samsung. Yeah, so Sprint uh, lost a whole bunch of customer data through uh, Samsung.com. Yay. So it was uh, to do with, it was in their add a line website. So I'm guessing like to add a, a line to your uh, device, I suppose, to your account. Yeah. Um, and yeah, includes the following information, phone number, device type, device ID, monthly charges, subscriber ID, account number, creation date, first name, last name, billing address, and everything else you need to get SIM swapped because that's the kind of people looking for this stuff. Um, yeah, that says uh, yeah, but they don't worry, they resecured it. Yeah, <laughs> Sprint said the information hackers had access to did not pose quote a substantial risk of fraud or identity theft <laughs> because all of your personal information <laughs> it wasn't well, substantial. It was just serious in their uh, in in their notification that's linked in that article says your account pin may have been compromised so we reset your pin just in case in yeah. oh it might have been compromised maybe did, did they reset my first and last name billing address and like yeah <laughs> mother's maiden name yeah well let's be shit. real after equifax we were we're all pretty much oh yeah screwed. yeah it's just <laughs> like a random chance roulette game yeah it's like right after right after equifax uh, happened i'm like I'm like, uh, remember everybody, make sure to change your mother's maiden name and your <laughs> social security number every four, every ninety days. Yeah, yeah, the same thing. It's with the same with biometrics, like, right? Right? You got to like change your yeah. face every ninety days. Yeah. Cool. Well, and Nick Cage's face off. There's some interesting research in in biometrics. Uh, recently, there was some uh, some article about using uh, the generative AI to make fingerprints that match a bunch of different things. Yeah. Oh. It's crazy. Yeah, I know that uh, like at least the the Apple facial recognition stuff, the face ID, um, and the the finger finger ID as well. With um, you know, that's iterative every time you use it. So it's learning your face like constantly. Like it, it's getting better. Yeah. Um, but from a consumer standpoint, that level of security that you know they've built this model that that is you know the 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 face id only unwraps one like only unwraps the uh the pin code from that's stored in like a separate chip and that, you know that's to a consumer none of that matters because this other phone has face id too right <laughs> like this like chinese knockoff it, it's got a fingerprint scanner surely it's the same thing yeah um, it's i not. see <laughs> i see well, uh, clc has joined our chat here What's up, hey, what's up? So, uh, did you uh, want to talk a bit about uh, your your most recent blog post? Oh yeah, uh, it's pretty interesting. So, uh, I found like a cross-site scripting vulnerability in like an internal Tesla system, uh, and what basically happened was like when I first got the car, like I was playing around with it and. Uh, I was messing with like the name your car function. So like you can like, you know, give it like a pet name basically. Like people give it like really silly things, but uh, I left it as like a blind cross-site scripting payload and I just forgot about it. So then like uh, a couple months down the road, I was doing like 
a road trip from like uh like Omaha to Seattle and like midway through like I just like a huge rock just like smashed my window uh so I was like pretty bummed out but like I submitted a sport ticket and it took the car name I guess on the request and uh I I ended up getting my Airbnb at like one or two in the morning and I checked the XSS center and there's just like this ridiculous like it was one of the most like fascinating like system like for the it, it had a screenshot attached to it but it was like my VIN number, current location, speed, uh, and there's all these like references, like these internal Tesla systems, like you know, like these like cool code names, right? Like, but but it was just like in the URL, it was like an it was an incremental like numeric ID, right? So like <laughs> they were pulling my car based on that, I guess, and like uh, yeah, I, I I like manically wrote up this report like at like probably like three in the morning, and. Uh, they fix it in like six or I think like six or seven hours. Uh, but it's just pretty crazy. Yeah. That's a pretty insane bug. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was super absurd. Like I w that's one of the situations, like it kind of sucks. Cause like bug bounty is pretty cool and stuff. Cause like you get to like, you know, like you find a bug, it's like, Oh, you know, report it, get paid for it. But like, I would have like, I don't know, like if they, if they gave me the opportunity to like play around in that like internal system, like that would have been like super fun. Like there are points in times where it's like, you wish you were like a malicious attacker because like the systems are just so fascinating. Like, just imagine, just like uh, the, I, the the tab it fired on was like kind of like the probably least interesting one, right? It's like di diagnostics of the vehicle. Yeah. Like there were there were tabs for like uh, version information and like uh, just a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, I saw geofencing on there too. Yeah, I think it dumps the cookies too if you you're using XSS Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the so after after like I I got when I when I the XSS like initially fired like I tried browsing to it and like it was internal system but uh, afterwards I like joined like a Tesla like some Tesla like hacking communities and uh, they told me that like uh, there's actually like an online version of that website that like people in like different countries were using so I think if you took the cookies uh, from that you could have just like just passed them and logged in or whatever uh, and. I didn't know about that, and the cookies were probably dead by the time like I did. So I tried them, and they're, they're dead. But uh, it went super interesting. Yeah, I actually I, I love that service, XSS Hunter. It's been super, super great. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I found a similar bug in Domino's a couple years ago with their support system, where oh. I, somebody had opened it in like a local file system setup, and yeah, it's it's a super nice. That's hilarious. Yeah. It, it, things like that are fascinating. Like there's so many, like, uh, I love like the internal systems, right? Like, uh, cause like as kind of like discussed, like people don't really, you assume like, Oh, it's internal. Like people aren't really going to mess with it. So it's typically like overextensive, like amount of information and like really insecure and just like inherently like messed up, you know? So like it's <laughs> my, uh, the, the only information that I saw was uh, a bunch of customer reviews about, how awesome their pizza was or how much they hated it. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. But it's always interesting poking around in those kind of systems. I mean, it's yeah. the same, uh, same feeling when you're looking at, you know, weird stuff on Shodan. Yeah. I think it's one of the, again, one of the things where uh, the bug bounty program is good, but wouldn't it be better if they just like showed it to you? <laughs> like, oh, this well. guy's done some good stuff. Like, why don't we actually get some... Yeah. You get him in to talk to the security team and then they work together. Like, I don't know. Yeah, be uh, 
that's 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 one of like the interesting uh i know a lot of people who do like contracting besides but like you know bug bounty and contracting at the same time and like there's a lot of times a conversation will take place like uh you know like hey you've been doing like really well in this program or like we really like your reports would you want to do like a audit or like speak with our team right like there's a there's a guy named jack cable really 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 smart uh but he did like hack the air force right and uh i think after like just like basically killing that program. Like he, he had like an absurd amount of bugs. Uh, he went to work and he, he did like an internship over the summer at the Pentagon. Uh, but like worked really close with the other team and actually he ran like one of the bug bounty events or helped run a, a future like bug bounty event for the military. So like uh, just like it, it does happen, but like I wish it would happen more. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. at a certain point, it might actually be more cost effective to do that. <laughs> like depending yeah. on how many bugs that person finds like yeah moving yeah. to the point i don't know it's a double-edged sword though like moving i i think like you take like the uber like, like the uber thing right where it's like people are like these independent contractors but like they start lacking like you know health benefits things like that like i, I feel like it's a double-edged sword like we move towards like everybody's just like an independent contractor working as like a security person for their whatever's team then like i don't know there's a lot of extra issues i guess yeah, I think one of the biggest things is that you need a, you know, you need the contract to be part of the internal AppSec team, and you know, ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like, and I think you know you can't neglect that internal AppSec and SSDLC and, and and all the other things that you need to do to ship secure code. Like, there's it's good that you find the bugs that get through, but I mean they're the they're the ones that are supposed to get through, not like a, a complete replacement. I'm not sure that. Uh, I'm not sure that a lot of companies who are running bug bounties are, are quite getting that. Like they're paying out a lot for these, you know, bugs, but have they really battle tested internally first? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, especially if you're, if you're just starting one, uh, it's a lot of bugs to deal with. And the, the other thing is like, uh, so, so from the researcher's perspective, you know, there's a lot of uh, kind of hand waviness around what, happens when there's a duplicate and whatnot. But from the program perspective, there's a ridiculous amount of just incredibly low quality reports that flood in. Oh, yeah. That out is, is a real challenge. I think, uh, I think it, yeah, so Casey said, uh, Casey Ellis from Bug Crowd had in a, in a, in a Slack channel, um, when we're discussing like sort of that kind of topic, he said that there's, there's a lot of 11 out of 10 uh, for enthusiasm points going around, um, but there are some. <laughs> very, he, he did, you know, qualify that with there's like a lot of very smart people in the space, and then like a lot of smart people in the space, and then some very very smart people in the space as well. Um, yeah, I, I think bug bounty has done like so like it can't be understated like how much bug bounty has done for just like research contributions. Like you've got these people who now have like obviously like the financial incentive wasn't necessarily like the uh, main reason they got into like hacking or whatever, but like people are incentivized to like go and they can like if, if they're decent at it and they enjoy doing it they can like actively like hunt for stuff and like come up with new you know like james kettle for instance right like uh guy gets bored goes and invents that like an entirely new attack vector makes like a hundred thousand dollars or something you know basically flows like that where it's just like this absurd like you know oh i'm gonna go like uh find this incredible like incredible incredible like deeply researched uh thing just for fun and i'm gonna like be able to talk about it you know yeah. yeah at the same yeah. time again yeah. like i saw uh, uh another well-known uh researcher who's you know been around for a long time and found like you know, 
been like credited in, in in a lot of uh late 90s early 2000s security research and still like up to this day uh found a bunch of um bugs that needed to be reported to apache um and so went through the bug bounty system for whatever product that was and they were like 500 bucks and it's like what no you don't understand this bug isn't like a box this is the, this is the platform this is like everywhere and they were like show us impact and um for somebody who's been around for that long it's a very different world um, yeah and so like being able to go like uh, like you know turning it into okay this is the real impact let me explain it to you mr triage man um it's it's yeah i guess it's a different landscape yeah, yeah so oh go ahead uh, i think that one of the valuable pieces of it is that it definitely has changed sentiment around reporting bugs pretty drastically in general right like they're it's it seems like it's quite a bit less hostile than it was say 10 years ago <laughs> like when you report a bug and then the the email response you get is i'm calling the fbi <laughs> i mean it still happens but it yeah. seems like it happens a lot less often yeah copy paste of cfa <laughs> yeah it, it it's it's i worked uh so like I did bug bounty like full time, and then I, I I worked as like a uh, I don't know the technical term, but I did like appsec testing and writing reports for people. And it's really interesting because like to go from bug bounty to like uh, writing up like insecure cookie or whatever uh, is really like it's kind of difficult because like oh like these are accepted issues. So I assume like uh, in the sense of like uh, the threshold is just like I would say like lower, I guess, because you're basically incentivized to report everything and it's a lot more automated. But like I can see like with with what I wanted to say, I guess, is like with all the people, like all the variants of people who have worked in like application security or whatever, you know, maybe you're like a hacker from the 90s who got like thrown in jail for like hacking NAS or something, you know, uh, <laughs> but but like, or, or maybe you're like a pen tester, you know, who went through college and like, did pen testing and stuff. Then you like get thrown into bug bounty and it's like, hey, like, uh, you know, like we really don't care about this. Like it's kind of a, it's kind of like hard to get used to, I guess. Yeah, well, there's there's always the aspect of business priorities, right? Like, if you don't flag all your cookies as HTTP only, that might be a risk, but it, it probably isn't for most of the cookies that most websites have. You know, if you're not putting Google Analytics cookies in HTTP only or whatever. <laughs> so um, we should probably rush through the, the last, we're almost at uh, the halfway mark. So let's get through okay. the rest of these news articles. Um, so the, the next one that we, we had was... Uh, uh, Medicaid in the US um, have contracted DXC to do a nice cloud migration. Um, so if you are using Medicaid, trust DXC because they definitely have not previously put secret keys on uh, GitHub before. Um, oh, goodness. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's going to be an excellent, excellent waste of money. But um, let's move past that one real quick. Um, <laughs> So there is uh, a change as well with the ARM licensing. Um, so if you recall, like this is probably most relevant to um, the Huawei sanctions coming through uh, previously. Um, so yeah, so other options uh, being like being risk now as well. So moving through that one super quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's good to see that because the um like when it comes to microcontroller like um, sorry yeah. when it comes to embedded uh, devices like phones and, and stuff like ARM is basically winning that market um, 
you know, everything is armed. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that does to the landscape. Um, now, here's a good story about EU's GPS satellites have been down for four days in mysterious outage. Mysterious. Great. What a what a great <laughs> title. Um, GPS is so interesting, uh, not just for like positioning, but for things like time and like synchronizing time. Uh, for example, for your mobile networks, for you know uh, your two FA being synced to NTP and uh and other important things like that um, yeah yeah does does gps actually have any it interacts with ntp i wasn't aware of that yeah it depends and depending on what system it does yeah so like within mobile networks and stuff uh like cell net cellular networks it uses uh gps time yeah yeah gp i think the thing with gps right is that it literally relies on very 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 uh exact timing in order to that's that's a good point yeah so yeah that's that's a good pretty key part of the of the system is the the time so one of the uh one of the documented um attack vectors that i I don't like i don't know if this has ever been pulled off but it's it's some slides that i've read previously were um military uh gps which is not the same as a civilian gps is not not what we what you use in your car or whatever it's um i believe it's signed and and a bunch of other stuff i'm not not right up on the spec but um it was hijacked in order to uh to change the time to you to do uh 2fa like otp like totp replay attacks so a totp would be captured in the past um, and then the, the clocks would be synchronized to the time when it was captured, so that window would be the same and reused. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, and that was that was some really crazy stuff. So four days without an explanation—that's um, some pretty serious shit. At the yeah. end, they tacked on. Uh, they blamed it on a technical incident related to its ground infrastructure. Yeah, which yeah is- it actually looks like more of them are down than when that article came out. <laughs> the article says 20. No, actually. Uh, no, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it says uh, the search and rescue agency said search and rescue feature used for locating and helping people in distress situations, for example, at sea or mountains, remained operational during the outage, which impact only navigational and satellite based timing services. But interestingly enough, uh, reported across Israel, Iran, Iraq, and Syria, <laughs> not anywhere you'd think they might need GPS. I'm not, I don't know. Uh, no, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, so, it would be more interesting if it, uh, if, if it had an effect, if it had affected drones. Uh, I mean, that would well, be. Well, it definitely does affect drones. I mean, well, not military drones. It's a separate yeah. system. Yeah. It was, it was, I think it was a pretty, uh, specific purpose uh like research stuff that's what it seemed like they were saying um well i I, yeah i would agree but um don't don't the military drones rely on uh, gps i mean i yeah but it's they're using different versions yeah it's a it's a different i think network 
is yeah. uh, this wasn't, I don't think this was anything like super, super like military, like anything related to military or like mission critical stuff. But I think like, you know, really? if you're a civilian in the area and you, uh, you know, you had a GPS thing for an emergency, which is what this was for. Yeah. That would, you know, if you needed it at that time and it's unavailable, then why do you have it? That would really suck. Yeah. So, um, back to the FBI. Back to the FBI. After we praised the FBI for publishing some, you know, ransomware key, uh, some malware keys, ransomware keys, uh, they also plan to for uh, they also plan to add some more social media surveillance surprise um, to gather IDs, emails, IP addresses, and telephone numbers using uh, a new social media tool. Thanks, guys. Yep. Yeah. I, for one, am glad that we're being kept safe. <laughs> <laughs> by uh like 15 layers of redundant uh redundant surveillance no it's this is one of those things where it's like man like it almost blew my mind to like see this as a news story right because it's like we're we're listening it's like we are continuing listening <laughs> yeah. uh it's, i mean not not exactly a um, a good uh, a surprise yeah like like enabled you know based on location persistent keyword monitoring and personal hist like social media history so you know you, you watch a video blah 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 yeah. um but it does mention persons of interest but we all know that that a person of interest uh is a very loose term and uh you could be a person of interest right now yeah, you're a person of interest if you know someone who knows someone who knows someone who has committed a crime. So, yeah, think, um, uh, wasn't there wasn't there an article uh, a while back that uh, if you use Tor in any way, you're automatically considered a person of interest? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot like, of literally just using it is enough. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, Tor has all, all kinds of legitimate purposes, which Absolutely. any crypto anarchist will, or any wannabe crypto anarchist will tell you, talk about for hours. But you know, in the in, in the short ten seconds that uh, we'll talk about it, like people who can't access certain content because it's you know uh, it's restricted by their government, it's restricted by whatever. Yeah. There's plenty of legitimate reasons. Blah blah blah. Oh yeah. But yet. You're a person of interest. Enjoy. Also, anyone who watched Unfriended to Dark Web is also oh, a person right. of interest. <laughs> Dark Web shout out, worst movie we've ever thought might be good. Um, I don't think we ever thought it would be good. So, uh, moving on again, Area 420 is going to get raided. Conspiracy <laughs> theorists, um, tin foil hats. Um, we're finding the aliens, guys. Everyone's going. And the military are definitely not just going to shoot people. Um, it's my favorite story, just because, like, even though it's like a huge meme, right? The military has to actually devote resources to increasing security. <laughs> like, well, and you know that there's going to be some small group of people that shows up. Right. Yeah. Like, anytime, like, that's like, because that is the thing, right? Like, anytime there's that many people, uh, and like something like blows up this big, there's like, you know, there's a small percentage of the population who are actually like deranged individuals who will, <laughs> who don't get the sarcasm uh, behind this. 
I mean, I honestly feel bad about this because there's going to be like, if somebody shows up to that, that's going to end badly for them, probably. Yeah. I really, I hope they get the, uh, the warnings, the military, I hope they get the warnings out uh, far down the road that, hey, this is not a joke. If you approach this, you are, you're going to be engaged by yeah. that. Yeah. That if, you, um, <laughs> if you drive out into the middle of Australia, out to Pine Gap, the, uh, the joint US listening post base, um, it's like you will be met many kilometers away by, you know, US troops with guns. And they'll tell you to turn around now after you passed all the signs that told you to turn the fuck around. Yeah. Um, like you'll set off laser trips and shit on the road. Um, and they, yeah, like there's lots of people that try to go out there and they get turned around pretty damn quickly. <laughs> Although I guess Area 51 is probably used to dealing with this crap at this point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but the gate, this for years. the gate that they let you go up to, I think, is like 20 miles from the actual base. Yeah. Yeah, well, but like, I'm sure that like they've had a continuous stream of people. Over the what I find is funny, though, is that like if you've ever Googled for about three seconds on like alien conspiracy lols, um, there's a man, I can't remember the guy's name, but like he's detailed in depth how he worked with aliens and all this stuff like you know if you want to believe him or not um but he claims that that where he worked was a place called s4 which is near area 51 but it's not there so like there's a, a whole bunch of people that will claim that you know the alien stuff is not even there and they just fly x planes and shit you know like planes that haven't been given a uh a final designation out of area 51 like oh yeah I mean, if there if there was ever aliens in Area 51, there's definitely not anymore, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's just leave them in the same spot now that people figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I think his name's Bob Lazar. Yeah, Bob Lazar, that's the guy. There's, uh-huh. a, there's a Netflix documentary on him that's uh, he 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 talks about um, his experiences working and it, certain people he met and stuff, and they confirm that those people exist and whatever. But yeah, watch it on Netflix. Get your little. Uh, alien conspiracy fix and then uh realize that everybody going to area 51 it's pretty funny yeah yeah if you if you uh if you're a conspiracy theorist uh send uh your conspiracy theories to theories at thugcrowd.com <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll be sure to put them in the in the news for for next week all right we're running a bit late so let's go on to our very last story um this one's been thrown in just because it's mad lols uh so people who wanted to use uh deep nudes which covered i think two weeks ago um an app where it uh removes the clothing from uh, so instead of like as with deep fakes where it puts a face on a body this is the opposite and it puts um, a naked body on somebody else um and instead of uh instead of doing that when you download the app you just get malware Good. Good. That is is what's called instant karma. Yeah. Yeah, that's karma. Cop it. Um so yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I'm not not, uh condoning that this the the people behind it uh uh making money off this or any of that, but I am condoning that people don't use deep nudes. (laughs) Or are they making money off of it? Uh, Well I 
the fact that the developer took it off the store is probably a good indication you shouldn't be using it. <laughs> yeah, I I think they were uh, they they were straight up just charging for the app that was uh, distributing the malware. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah so people double whammy. I mean, yeah. terrible, terrible. Can't yeah. believe terrible. Well, funny, funny. I'm gonna laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, cool. Should probably take a take a short break here. Uh, yeah. Get up, stretch. Uh, Drink some water. Legs, don't get deep vein thrombosis. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> and we're live. What? Hello, friends. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. Hi, <laughs> Dr. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 55 uh, friends. We're back with OX Amit. And uh, we're talking about community building. So uh, why don't we start off uh, with uh, a little bit about uh, yourself and yeah, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so my name is Amit and um, I'm a security research. I, I do security research for a living. Uh, <laughs> I work at a company called Cyber Reason. Uh, we do EDR, endpoint stuff. And uh, basically, uh, I am the head of research for our Nocturnus team, which is our advanced research team. So um, we look at a lot of malware um, all over the world. And uh, we try to uh, blog about it as much as we can. Um, I know. What else? I am in Massachusetts right now. This is where I live in the past three years, and I'm originally from Israel. So I think uh, that covers it, I guess. Cool. That sounds uh, like some fun stuff. And, uh, you enjoy what you do every day when you head into the office? Yeah. Uh, honestly, um, it's it's a privilege, and it's, it's very cool to be able to uh, do what you like and actually get paid to do you know what you like not a lot of people have that privilege and it's something that's very cool about you know what we do like as security professionals because we wouldn't have been in this profession if we wouldn't have liked it so it's pretty cool yeah agreed what uh what kind of got you interested in it in the in the first place uh, in um security. in security yeah what was your origin okay. I, uh, I think that when I was in elementary school, uh, I was, what was I, like 12, I think. Uh, I was like, we were a bunch of nerds and I had a really nerdy friend, super nerdy, the nerdiest. Um, and he was a year older than I am. And uh, he convinced me to install FreeBSD on my machine when I was 12. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, right? Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so I um, I was compiling kernels uh, when I was twelve years old on my Pentium three four hundred and fifty megahertz, and compiling a kernel. To, yeah, co compiling a kernel on FreeBSD back then on such a machine used to take like eight hours. <laughs> That's what's and, 
yeah so i would leave it through, through the night <laughs> and then i would come in the morning and like find out that sometime i don't know like in three three a.m uh it threw an error code one <laughs> and like the thing stopped compiling <laughs> and i had to start all over <laughs> and, uh, so that's that's what got me into it <laughs> that frustrating experience <laughs> convinced you yeah. to start <laughs> Yeah, and then later, um, I mean, I study I studied computer science in um, high school, uh, which I didn't graduate, by the way. <laughs> and um, and uh, in Israel, we have to go to the military for three years um, when we were eighteen. So I uh, was actually um, tracked by this super secret hush hush government unit thing, and. Um, uh, I was accepted to serve there, and I ended up being there for nine years. Damn. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty sweet. They, they singled you out, picked you out. Like, God. Yeah. Nation state wow. actor, yo. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Everything According here is alleged. to foreign publications. <laughs> Is that, is that what it's called? This is what we say in Israel because, like, if there is something, if there is like, um, like, let's say in the news, there's a report that like something happened, right? And um, it's like so secret that it, the the government won't admit it or anything. But uh, but like foreign press will cover it, so the news will always say according to foreign publications. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> sort of a. So is it is interesting going from? you know, working for a nation state to now like tracking nation state actors. It's, it's, it's quite a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I won't lie. Uh, my first run in with like a full blown nation state thing from the defending side was a couple of months after I joined cyber reason. And um, we were, you know, watching one of our customers like get annihilated back then that was like four years four and a half years ago and um my my friend my friends and i and like a lot of my co-workers worked with me in the government like that's where we know each other and that's why i ended up in cyber reason um so we were looking at the we were looking at the whole attack and we're like holy shit <laughs> that's uh <laughs> that looks like weirdly familiar <laughs> um, christopher <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I'm talking about like the like the fact that it's like oh it's it's not like some you know some some kid in his mom's basement like this is like an actual nation state thing yeah, because right. you 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 yeah. can I, you can guess like you know you can understand it by the sort of data that they're after and stuff. Yeah, so you know like, how to differentiate between. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess also the uh, when you're looking at like you know if you have a sample of something you can usually tell if it's written by. Yeah. If you can read code in some form, you know, there's a, there's a, a quality level that comes with uh, being a professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I have to say, uh, you'd be surprised um, how many um, malware that was attributed to nation states. Um, even like, even the, the you know, the, the, the big and bad ones, a, lo a lot of it isn't that good, isn't that sophisticated. It's not that everything that came out of uh, some nation state um uh code shop is like the best and the latest 
and the stealthiest. Like a lot of it, it's crap because it all it all depends on on what you want to achieve and what you want to risk. Hmm. I think we saw uh, North Korea sending out invoice.pdf.exe. <laughs> I mean, if it works, why yeah. why yeah. change it, right? Don't, you know, don't blow an it's not like that hard. There is one problem that like we can't fix because you know we can we can apply machine learning and AI and all of those dumbass buzzwords, but at the end of the day, there's a there's one problem which we can't fix. Which is the problem between chair and keyboard? Yeah, the enable macros and, button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you know, someone is going to be, again, like someone is going to click that button, be it the 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 enable macros or the you know invoice.pdf.exe. Like someone's going to click it eventually. Um, I, I have a friend who used to work for an exploit shop. And like um, they were, they're this big. They used to be like one of the biggest um, red teaming companies in Israel. Uh, they were acquired by Accenture a while ago. And uh, when he used to work there, he used to write all of their exploits for their engagements. And eventually, they were just like, you know, writing exploits is a waste of time because we're we're always going to sit like. It, everybody's gonna click enabled macros eventually. <laughs> yeah. They and they, yeah, and they stopped. They they like fired almost all of their exploits developers. <laughs> yeah, I was it reading was a waste uh, of money. Yeah, I was reading a survey and it was talking about how like it was very close to fifty percent of people like <laughs> like will hit the enable macros button on just random documents they receive. Like fifty percent. Yeah, it was. I was surprised. Good I forget cool. where it came from, but yeah, I was saying it was like forty-five. Uh, like effectiveness this rate for this one, one survey. It's like that's a uh, that's scary. That's yeah. uh, got a yeah. segment privilege. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that is the world we live in. Uh, do you want to talk uh, just quickly about your uh, operation soft sell? That's uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's hot off the press. Yeah. Um, there's actually one thing I want to say about the whole thing before I start. And, um, you know, because, okay, so first let's, let's put everything into frame. So Operation Soft Cell is uh, something that myself and my coworkers have been working, um, working on for the past uh, almost a year. Like it's anywhere, something between nine months to a year, sort of our, our uh, research baby. And um, we've had... Uh, one of our customers, who's a telco, telecommunication company, and uh, one of their operations is a cellular service provider. Um, they started notice, to notice a bunch, of, um, a bunch of abnormalities there. They called us in, we deployed our product, we started going over the data, and we saw that they're actually uh, being hacked. And when we looked into the whole thing, we understood that this is actually a nation state um, attacking them because of the um, not only the TTPs, but the data that, were, that was extracted. The data that was extracted is what's called CDR, uh, call detail uh, record, which is basically all the metadata uh, that your phone sends to the network and vice versa. So uh, which numbers you called, which numbers called you, uh, who texted you, who did you text um, sometimes in some cases, which IP addresses did you send any packets to, um, and most importantly, uh, which uh, cell towers was your phone connected to? Yikes. Um, 
Yep. So when nation states, uh, when nation states want to basically do hacking without hacking, what they do is they'll target the cellular providers and steal that information because that allows them to uh, go after. And you, I, I've heard you use that term uh, a few minutes ago in the, when, when you were talking before I went on, uh, if you're a person of interest. So if you're a person of interest, I don't necessarily want to um, hack into your phone actively because what if you're a security guy? What if you're very paranoid? What if uh, you know you, you go to DEF CON and you have a burner phone? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, what if you're a person of interest, but I want to know who you are talking to? What if I have access to your cellular provider or to all of the cellular providers in your country? And then I could just get all of that information through there simply by dumping a SQL database. Yeah. So yeah. that's 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 how the big boys play. Yeah. True. So you mean kind True. of like how uh, Sprint were owned through uh, Samsung. I'm, I'm not <laughs> here, but... no. Yeah, it's like it's the next level up, right? Like high <laughs> chain attack, right? Kind of something. And um, yeah, and, and um, I haven't read the story yet. What uh, it, what providers were actually uh, impacted for what length of time that uh, that people's people's ears might tune into and say, "Whoa, wait a minute, that might that might just be me." Um, so we can't really say. Uh, which providers? There's um, there's a bunch of um, NDAs and 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 people are already pissed. <laughs> um, but we can't we can't say which companies. I can say that none of them were in the U.S. so far. What we found, because the ho whole thing was um, that our 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 customer that was breached. They're not on this continent. They're on some different continent far away from here, uh, and here being U.S. Um, and um, and when I got a hold of the malware samples that were um, running on their machines, I started reverse engineering them. And then I went uh, on a virus total um, uh, uh, garbage, <laughs> garbage diving, basically, dumpster diving in virus total. And I wrote, it was like four days where I got really good at Yara. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I, I I wasn't that good before. I don't think I'm I'm that good now, but I got better. Um, you got it. And uh, and I start finding um, identical samples. And when I start running them in my um, in my test machines and, and and dumping the memory, I started seeing that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of information in the memory about um, which network uh, this malware is targeting because it's targeting specific servers and specific IP addresses and host names. And we actually uh, were able to um, uh, find more uh, companies that were targeted. Um, and we ended up with over, over 10 companies. Wow. Uh, yeah, around the world. So um, from, uh, again, like I think the only continent that I didn't come across yet is America. Huh. but all around the world. And um, they've been active um, as far as 2012. Hmm. 
So the samples go all the way back and the servers go all the way back to 2012. That's as far back as I found. So the, the, those, those attackers have been there for seven years, which is, Damn. yeah, which is kind of a mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's a little curious, but anyways, so a little understanding I gleaned from uh, an acquisition of like a, a, a uh, Asian based telco was uh, that they didn't seem to give a fuck that they were owned for a long time. <laughs> and they just sort of let it slide and just did business as usual and just, you know, um, and whether that was, you know, uh, malicious basement kids or whether that was, you know, somebody else, it was like really unclear. So I guess that makes the job. I, I, right. I, I can tell you that um, it's, it's some of the companies. So, you know, the, 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 there are companies that are customers and there's companies that were targeted that are not our customers. Um, uh, the companies that we've reached out to, we've identified that they've been targeted we've we've contacted every single company that we found and um and some of them were very responsive and you know we gave them all the information and had follow-ups follow-up meetings with them um and again we didn't try to sell them anything you know it's we we, we didn't come from a place of you know hey give us money we'll tell you what's up like we gave them all of the information we never talked to them about becoming customers so you know we did that and um and some of them were responsive. Some of them were like, okay, thanks. Um, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. And they never talked to us again. Mm. And some of them ignored us completely. <laughs> um, but the coolest thing was that one of the companies I talked to, um, they actually wanted me to, um, to debrief their board of directors and all of their C-levels. And as I said, everything is in a different continent. I'm in, I'm in Massachusetts, so I'm on East Coast time. And I had to wake up at four in the morning, <laughs> like to be, to be up on a zoom meeting at four in the morning when my wife is asleep in the other room. So I have, I had to whisper <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm, and I have this whole, you know, PowerPoint with like, you know, what we saw, what we identified, what, what, what they should do, recommendations, anything. And then some guy who was there, I think he was their CIO, I think started freaking out and literally scream at me like just scream like go out screaming at me and again like i can't scream back it's 4 a.m like my wife is asleep and i'm not whispering (laughs) he's like and uh, because they asked me um who do i think is behind this and i said well judging by what we're looking at by the ttps by the malware itself by uh, where the servers are located, by um, the tools that were used, by by everything, we believe that this is a Chinese nation-state actor. And then the guy like loses his mind, and he goes, <laughs> "You cannot say that it's a nation-state um, actor." And he just like, and 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 it was very hard to understand because he was screaming. And I'm like, you know, I let him calm down. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm sorry. Like you asked me a question, I gave you an answer. Like I am. You know, I'm a man of science. <laughs> you ask me a question, this is my answer. And then he says, well, if this is a nation state um, 
if this is a nation state sponsored attack, then our cyber insurance won't cover it because it is an act of war. So, so this is why those companies often don't do anything. That's oh yeah, acknowledging it as a as a real thing brings risk and, and liability onto that company, depending Dang. on who their customers are and what legislation they're under for sure. That's, yeah. That's why uh, that's why medical facilities are usually so hostile towards researchers is because they have HIPAA and Oh my goodness. Yeah. And just the PSA. I, I'll, I'll say it every time I can, but just be really careful about uh, medical stuff and medical testing. Yeah. Not yeah. Working, and they will come after you with, uh, with a vengeance. Yeah. They, they don't like hearing bad news. Yeah. They don't like hearing bad news. They don't want you poking at Well, them. but yeah, but that's why it's because if they, acknowledge that something happened that they are probably liable for HIPAA. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, there there's so much politics in those. Like that that's what I've learned um after soft sell. There is so much politics and yeah. so much you know it's giant corporations with like you know a lot of money and, and board yep. of directors and stocks and every single thing. Like, you know they they it's just like okay, yeah, let's let's cover our eyes and and our mouths and our ears, and let's just pretend that everything's cool. Yeah. yeah. Although at the same time, if you have a if you have an organization that's very large and you have a security team on that organization, a lot of the times a little bit of an exter- of external pressure uh, can actually be very valuable for the security team politically within a company, right? Yeah. Because you can go up to the C suite and be like, hey, uh, this happened, and this person knows about it, so you should do something. <laughs> I think there's kind of a, a balance there that differs from one to one. Getting into uh, more community stuff, you're on the uh, DerbyCon CFP board. Yes, I am. Yeah. So how was uh, how has that been? Um, so I've been doing it um, for the second and and sadly last time this year. Um, and it's 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 cool. I mean, I liked. Um, I liked a lot of the of the submissions. It was it was very hard to 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 choose from everything, um, but there was also a lot of of really like like moments where you're like reading someone's submissions and it's like why why are you doing this? Like, why? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, the amount the, the insane <laughs> amount and and I tweeted about it and like you know. I, I, it's it's kind of hard because I, I you know I like meeting people and I like talking to people and I like hearing people's stories and 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 you know again the community thing, but when you have like five hundred and something submissions and a substantial number of them, like like a good number like over fifteen submissions are how I broke into infosec. And it's like some person who says, oh, last year I decided that I want to change my life and I wanted to, do, to, to, to join InfoSec and to become a hacker or a pen tester or whatever. And it's like someone who's been doing this thing for a year who actually wants to give a talk at a conference about mm-hmm. his experience. And I'm like, dude, just write a blog post. Like, this is like, where's all the cool research? 
like I, I, res- I respect your story but come on man yeah i think there's a lot of that uh you know if i can do it you can do it too kind of thing which is good like i mean a lot of people specifically before there was um certificates like this is a thing that i get on a lot is that uh, before those certificates, you had to have a, a want to do it. And obviously installing FreeBSD as a 12-year-old and compiling kernels, you wanted to do it, right? That is a, ch- that is a sad childhood story. That is not an example <laughs> by any... By any. <laughs> you have no idea how much I, I relate to that. That is, yeah, I was roughly the same age doing FreeBSD and it sucked. But... Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like I, I totally... But the thing is that, you know, the, the times changed and now the, the barrier to entry has sort of been dropped a little bit and stories are different. And it's, it's not a talk that, uh, I mean, you can get that talk sort of anywhere. And I guess when you're trying to build a community around, you know, a certain, you're trying to increase the skill level. When people come to your conference, like to the, to the conference that you're approving, CFPs, like the, the CFPs for, yeah. you want your audience to like, you know, get something out of it. Not just, you know, people aren't coming to InfoSec conferences really to get into InfoSec. They're coming to level up, to skill up, to learn more, you know? Yeah, that, that's so what I think. There, that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, most of the people are, are actually there to skill up or uh, honestly, I think the most valuable part is it does help with that like sense of community. Um, but I think that that is predicated on the fact that you're getting useful information out of it. Yeah, but I, I think that I think that and, and again I have I have complete and utmost respect to people's experiences and you know I, I, I joke about it, but you know obviously those people who submitted wanted to share their story and that's cool and I appreciate it for I appreciate them for that, but I don't think it's the right place for it. But there is also I think that you know especially with and it's funny because I'm I'm uh, I'm 32 years old. And, um, and, and it's, I, I feel very old when I say it, but like, you know, I've been, I've been around before social networks and, and I think that what happened with the introduction of social networks of Twitter and Facebook and all, and all of those is the term influencer. And I think that anybody, you know, everyone wants to be an influencer today and, and everybody wants to get likes and followers and, and, and shit and retweets. And, and that promotes also a lot of things that, that personally, me, and I'm speaking for myself, I don't like yeah, about, about the community. A lot of, um, uh, I have a friend who, called it, who calls it hitchhiking. Like pe- people, who, um, people who have um, nothing to do with security or they don't really do anything constructive. They don't contribute anything but they are trying to amplify themselves to be in a position where they are influencers in this community, industry, whatever you want to call it. And I think that that is something that's not, that's not good. Yeah, It's not good and it, and it continues to get worse every year. Yeah. And it's yeah. something the community itself needs to address at some point very soon before it becomes an overwhelming issue that is unfixable I think yeah a, a way that i kind of pick those people um like just like when i'm when i'm looking on twitter and you know choosing who to follow 
if somebody is mostly retweeting things and they have a lot of followers, yeah, you know, that's that's a pretty good indicator that they they're not releasing their own content. Um, not always true, obviously, um, but that's just an indicator. I mean, you could say the same thing about Thug Crowd, right? We we go through the news that you could have just read yourself, but we also try and value add by you know discussing it and giving our opinions, and hopefully we're smart enough that it means something. And then we get people like you on to come and give like totally dope, um, you know, inside, you know, uh, experience and, and you know, bring that forward. So, yeah, I, I think part of the thing that I find really interesting is the security Twitter space specifically has a very, uh, has two sides to it for sure. Right. It has a lot of the kind of, you know, shit posting that happens usually, but then there's also a more, uh, you know, valuable side of it, which is actually for, you know, transferring information and, and you know, talking about cool projects that people do. Uh, and I think posters that- and 10X shit posters. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see how people only see one side of that and think that that's what it is, um, you know. But no. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is unfortunate. Yeah, when I, when I- when I when I look at you know again when I go over Twitter, um, I spend way too much time there. Um, when I when I go over Twitter and you know let's say that I see that there's like a new a new kid on the block, like a new a new person that you know you, you start seeing them a lot on Twitter. I uh, I immediately start to look for what what have this person done, like what what have they published, what what have they shared. Um, in, 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 in many cases, those people actually have GitHub accounts, but those GitHub accounts have nothing on them or just a bunch of forks, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of forks for other projects, which they haven't even added a single line of code to. Hello world. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's, and, and that, that like that, that what gets yeah. me. Forking My like Metasploit modules and not actually doing yeah. it. My thing is like, I always had this problem where with a lot of the, first projects I did in security were total crappy versions of reinventing the wheel. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, at least it's, it's incremental steps towards actually being able to do shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about someone who's just like forking yeah, just um, forks I know, everything and doesn't like e evil sockets yeah. stuff and just like forks it. And that's yeah. it. And like, that's his GitHub. I'm like, okay. Like, Wow! Wow! And you, just, you don't have to sub subtweet me on there, so you can just. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is a. I'll give I'll give some something to think about in, in some defense. <laughs> there are some people that uh, well, me specifically, I'll go out and fork something as a bookmark of sorts. Um, as a to do, and like the ADD factor is a is a huge factor in this stuff. I take on yeah. insane amounts of projects, but well, I think what you're saying is valuable in determining, uh, you know, not solely based on, hey, are they forking a lot of things, right. burn them at the stake, but I, <laughs> no, I do it's think not that. That's definitely oh, better. And if you it, see them uh, saying easy things like "we should all be uh, like like hot 
issues are inclusion and diversity and those are all important topics but yeah. if you see them yeah. just uh echoing that and trying to to placate to an audience um you can you can feel it you know the, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i didn't want to even get into that but absolutely wholeheartedly agree and about the forking well you might fork a lot of shit but you also um tweet keyloggers with s trace like <laughs> a single tweet which is fucking beautiful man yeah, that so <laughs> that's what i was trying to say earlier is like there, there's a two all of us should post probably more than we should and all of us have some of these pieces of but like there's other things that we're contributing i i would say to the community i think uh the inverse of the 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 new kid that you checked like you know the the, the inverse of the, the kid who fox letter stuff is when zlz was talking about um like the tesla stuff he did earlier like when I first started talking to that guy, he was brand new on the block and um, straight away, it's like, oh, this kid has something different, you know, and that was a few years ago now. And, you know, you, you heard him talk right before the break, like that's somebody who's not following that chain. And that's, uh, I guess, you know, what other people can sort of, you know, that's how to gauge someone who is uh, doing stuff. You know, he's now got a blog with a whole bunch of write-ups and you can see what he does and why he does it. And, Oh, it, just for uh, context, you're talking about the uh, the Tesla. Uh, stuff. He he wrote them up in a blog, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just amazing stuff, and I mean, that's it, even just to be to be in that kind of headspace where you're putting XSS payloads in everything you can, uh, and then seeing what happens it that's that's a that's something that almost can't be taught yeah it's, a, can, it's almost like a lifestyle thing right yeah. like you can mimic it my yeah. car is a, my oh. car is an xss payload like <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. yeah i uh being i uh, i got a new car um last august and i i and i I tweeted like it's on Twitter with like a, a, a picture and everything while I was getting it at the dealership, like before I left the dealership, no. I had already um, uh, had root on the <laughs> infotainment system <laughs> with a USB key that I brought from home that already had the exploit ready to install Android oh. auto on my car that wasn't supposed to have it. So like, I got the keys. I signed the paperwork. I got in the in the car, did the thing, and then drove. Yeah. It's like it's a state of mind. It's something that you like to do. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think the big thing is like a lot of people, because uh, I like bringing some of my friends who aren't, uh, you know, necessarily too like trying to get into or you know, uh, aren't necessarily super into computer stuff. I like to bring them to DefCon just because it's you know it's a fun time. Um, but I always tell everyone like these people can smell fake. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's very easy. Like don't never try to act like you know more than you do because like it's, yeah. it's very easy to yeah. tell when someone's lying about things. And if you try to like stunt on like, Oh yeah, I use this tool or this tool or whatever, like you're going to be talking eventually to the person who made that thing. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Or like maybe yeah. you may already be talking to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially yeah. on Twitter. Like, uh, he was he was talking about some script that he wrote 
um, which he didn't write, didn't write, uh, and he was oh, talking God. to Skelsek about it, and Skelsek wrote it. <laughs> oh. like, no, that's mine. He's like, I wrote it. Don't like you. Yeah. And the guy, the, the kid was just like, I wrote it. Blah 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 blah. Skelsek's like, no, I wrote it. Like <laughs> my name in it. Like, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, the other day, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about uh, uh, how you can rename the master branch on Git. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's really cool. You can name it whatever you want. And the guy responds like, oh, yeah, I know that. And he links it. It's the uh, Twisted server, like mm -hmm. the Python Twisted library. And it's like, oh, their na main branch is named Trunk. Like, whoops. <laughs> it's a, yeah, and that, 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 that definitely speaks volumes to the community and how very, very small it is. I mean, you know, it, it may seem large, especially from Twitter. You know, you see thousands of accounts and people have 20,000 followers and all this other stuff. But um, I, what's probably one of the biggest ones? Swift. And that, like, that's a two to 300,000. But when you consider there's 7 billion people in the world, yeah, there's, there's only about 200, 300,000 people that are are connected enough and, and interested enough. And only 200,000 out of that number is we are we're very few. <laughs> we're just very few. But, but I think that that's also what leads like so the numbers are already fairly low on the large scale but when you start looking at uh you know these like gatekeeping is obviously a huge thing which personally in a way i'm pro gatekeeping yes. only to keep that level of content um at a place where the gr that group is at and if you can reach that level of content and hold a conversation that's not you you know flexing a like asm that you don't understand um you know, then that's, that's like, that's the bar, you know, just join and you're interested in contributing. I feel like is like, I don't know. It just, it seems like if people are not making an effort to contribute, that's yeah. not great. But as long as people are trying, like that's a, you know, you can't gatekeep if somebody doesn't want to pass the gate. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, if they're not trying to pick the lock on the gate, <laughs> yeah, looking in the wrong place, you know? At the same time, you've also got the ex exclusion groups where they're like, oh, uh, I guess we've seen with the Black, the Black Hat keynote, um, it became very political um, rather than technical. And there's a lot of debate over it, and I don't want to talk about it because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not picking sides, and I don't think anyone here wants to. Um, but just at a very base level, uh, politics came into who was to speak as the keynote, and now whether or not that speaker was qualified or, you know, to talk about that topic doesn't matter. And that's in a way sad, but in a way, maybe it was the right move. I'm not going to speculate. Um, yeah. I don't know that. I don't know the exact details of it either. On that, We could be thinking of two different things, but the, the evolution of the, uh, of the atmosphere over the years to include political and in these kind of issues has uh, has made it um, 
a little more complex to uh, to navigate socially, and uh, I, I'm not sure it's bringing in necessarily good things. I'm not sure it's bringing in bad things. I, I just know that it's it's bringing in something that's making uh, waves, and my hope would be that it's it's going to be mostly positive stuff. And I think one thing to remember is that. At any in any hacker community, any any like infosec community, any engineering, you know, into STEM and whatever, you're going to have a fair share of socially awkward nerds. It's just how it is. <laughs> it you know, yeah, that, that might be stereotyping a little, but from my experience, it's, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm one of those nerds. I mean, you know, just to want to stare at a computer for. <laughs> you know that long and to want to break things for that long like it requires a you know it's definitely not for everyone and i mean with some of that focus and some of that you know sometimes comes additional issues uh obviously anyway yeah i agree i think that sorry go ahead oh no continue (laughs) uh i think that at the end of the day you know when when i when i look at and it's funny we we've had this um very conversation at work today. Um, so um, I'll, I'll give just a little bit of, of, of background to what I'm going to say. Um, we so the, the group that I'm so I'm head of security research in Cyber Reason Nocturnus, as I said. And um, what part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to um, uh, not only um, share like blogs about stuff we found like, like operation soft cell, but we're also trying to add some, some, some extra value to things. So um, like a few months ago, I wrote a tutorial about how to reverse engineer uh, .NET malware and put it on our blog because it's just sharing knowledge. You know, cyber reason isn't going to make more money uh, because of my blog post about how to reverse engineer .NET malware. And it's, it's all about sharing knowledge. And we've had a, a conversation today at work, like how do we want to, um, how do we want to brand uh, uh, ourselves, the, the team, Nocturnus? And, 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 and what, what, what are we bringing, like what are we bringing to the conversation, to the, to the to, what are we bringing to the, not to the industry, but the community? And I think that at the end of the day, the most important thing is to share, is to share knowledge. With other people, yep. of course, obviously, the, the, there, there is a, there is a, there, especially when you work for a company, you know, there's a limit to what you can share, um, because oh, my cat is like driving me nuts. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can hear him, but he's like hearing oh, me yeah. meowing. Um, <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, you want to share knowledge, and and this is what we're trying to do, and this is what I am personally trying to do, because. Um, the way that I see it, you know, we're not going to be here forever. Um, and eventually we'll, we're going to need other people to do this job because we're basically sort of like plumbers, but you know, it's, it's, we're dealing with a lot of shit and, and someone's, someone needs to do this job. And I think that when we're looking at what is a community and, and, and when, and when we're uh, trying to look at the, at the grand picture, which is, you know, if we're looking at, at a review board for a conference, why should I pick this talk over the other talk? Or um, why should I believe that person on Twitter that came out of nowhere 
um, and 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 starts to um, starts to influ- starts to be an influencer. I think that the way I judge those situations is um, what what am I learning out of it? What are they teaching? What are they contributing? And I think that in in a community, you know, we 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 use that term so so loosely. Mm. Um, we need to share knowledge, and knowledge could be in the form of writing a blog post about something you did, um, sharing uh, 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 an S, a cool S trace trick in one tweet, or submitting a talk to a conference where you go into uh, great details about something you've hacked. This is how I measure um, contribution. And I think that this is, this, this is the standard that should be. If someone comes out of nowhere um, and, and, and talks about uh, 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 political things or political subjects or you know, uh, identity politics, and, 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 and a lot of those things are very important. In- inclusion and diversity, super important. And, and, and it, it's something that, that this industry and I think probably almost any industry needs. Um, but there is there is a place and a time to talk about it, and I feel that oftentimes, especially on Twitter, um, it, it it the lines are kind of blurry. Like it doesn't matter if you're talking about political things or about actual research, you are being judged the same. And I don't know if I'm if I'm managing to make my, to to get my message across, but. I think that this is something that we need to be aware of because there's lots of there's lots of people who are trying to be in the in the um, in the community and trying to basically put themselves on a on a on a pedestal and and edu- and educate everyone, but they're actually not really bringing something interesting to the table. It's just talk about nothing. Yeah, you need to add add something, add value uh, to the conversation and not. Because yeah, if you're not adding value to a conversation, you're, you know, uh, detracting from it. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I think it's interesting that uh, it it's uh, I guess yeah, we would call it an issue, right? And it's something that um, we're we're pretty good at um, overall. Like, uh, blue team, red team, whatever team you're on. Uh, solving problems, solving solving puzzles is something that we do, and I think it's a problem that uh, needs attention. It's it hasn't reached a full uh, a full pitch quite yet. It doesn't seem like, but it, it will eventually. And uh, I I really do think we need to start thinking about long term strategies and uh, things that 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 aren't taking things too far we don't need to start blacklists of people we don't need to we don't need to do over the top crazy things but we do need to watch out for uh preserving the integrity and the uh just the quality i guess the funness and the yeah the quality of uh of this special um sector yeah i mean we're all here because we we like what we do right yep. so yeah we've, uh, we've reached uh the uh 
was it 11:30 mark yeah we don't want to we don't want to keep anyone too late uh so, uh, yeah so like we should probably move on to, to finishing up but um why don't you tell us uh tell everyone listening where people can reach you and uh what you'd like to uh be reached about i guess maybe yeah so oh okay is it okay if, if i'll just address one one thing that i wanted to say at the beginning about something yeah. about soft sell yeah. uh, i'll make it really fast because it's 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 something that's that's i think that is interesting and especially after the discussion we've just had when 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 we've released the report about soft sell people started asking us for iocs and and we said that we cannot share any iocs we can't share any hashes any host names and because of ndas and not only uh that we can't share them but they aren't relevant because every ioc was only uh relevant to the company that that it was targeting so each each targeted companies had different iocs therefore if you work for another cellular provider and you're interested in those iocs they mean absolutely nothing for you because you weren't targeted by them and people started saying that our report is bullshit and everything like we're lying there was actually uh, one one paper in the uk actually made a smear piece and said that we're lying because we're not sharing iocs um and and you know when we're and, and then someone says well you're not sharing anything with a community and this is where i got angry because i said well i worked my ass off to and, and, and fought with our legal department and with a bunch of people um to be able to provide you with a report that details um, all of the TTPs of some nation state sponsored groups, including, um, what, what they're doing, what commands they were running. And basically if you're a half decent blue teamer, you should be able to run a few hunting queries based on what we wrote. And IOCs are just hashes. They're completely meaningless and, and people were calling us off because of that. And that, and, and, you know, when we're talking, and, and then you're, they're saying that we're not contributing to the community. And this is another thing. Saying community is cool. You know, we're talking here. We're all friends. This is a community. But all of us have day jobs. And the companies that we work for are for-profit companies, usually. And they have NDAs. And, they, and you know, we all have contracts that we have to um, respect. And the community, quote-unquote, doesn't get that. Because for them, if we wrote a report about something, then we have to share the IOCs. This is something that we owe them. And that's, that's, again, that's where we, we're like, we're forgetting that this, it, while we want to call it a community, we aren't a bunch of people sitting around a fire with a guitar singing Kumbaya. Like, this is serious business and we have serious jobs. And yeah. that's one point that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, a, a message that I wanted to convey. Um, I can be reached on Twitter, mostly, um, at zero um, X Amit, A-M-I-T, which is my first name. And um, my DMs are closed because I've had some death threats because some people, I guess, are kind of crazy. Um, but um, I usually answer to anyone that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I usually answer to anyone uh, that just tweets at me with a question and feel free to, you know, ask me whatever you want. Um, if I won't, if I, if I don't want to answer, or I think it's a dumb question, I will let you know, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. but, uh, feel free, uh, zero X meet and, um, 
yeah, um, uh, this is, yeah, I see in the chat, this is indeed uh, the link to our blog. And the best, yeah, the best way to reach me is Twitter. I'm fairly uh, responsive. And I don't know, the message, like, hey, like, we're all friends here. Like, this industry has a lot of smart people in it. And something that really smart people lack is social skills sometimes. And um, not everything is a competition. Like, the, the, this, this, this industry, community, whatever, it's becoming very, very competitive and it's becoming very personal. And if someone um, rubbed someone else the wrong way, then, you know, there's a whole bunch of drama around it. So just like stop it, take a step back and just remember that we like what we do and we are so passionate about it because we like it. And not anyone, not anyone can say that about their job. Not, not every single person on this planet likes their job and likes doing what we're doing for a living. So this is actually where you should stop and count your blessing and say, hey, maybe I should take it easy. Maybe I shouldn't rip someone a new one on Twitter because he said the wrong thing. <laughs> yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate that. And yeah, I'd echo that. It's, uh, it's something easy to do. Yeah, you know, uh, this guy said something silly, and someone's wrong on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. wrong on the internet. <laughs> and, and on on Twitter, our voices are way louder than we realize, and they echo much, much farther than we realize. And um, yeah, try and be mindful. Be nice to each other. Possibly. Yeah, just just be excellent. Just be excellent. Like it's, it's karma actually works. Like I don't believe in anything. I'm a complete atheist, but I do believe that if you are nice, it comes back, it comes yep. back to you. People talk. It's a small community. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, yeah, just put, you know, be the person that you want to see in the community. You know what I mean? Like just be good. Good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think with that, but, uh, you know. come back anytime yeah for sure uh, yeah thank you so much for having me i i to be honest all i care about is that um cissp certificate oh yeah that's oh, like the l ssp yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i want to hang that i want to hang that next to my um to the conjoined triangles of success i have in my office <laughs> <laughs> i have it framed like there's a picture on twitter Oh, so uh, we, we have a backlog on uh, the CLSSPs, but uh, they're coming for a, anyone who's listening who's like, but where's mine? They are coming. There's a little backlog. It's coming. <laughs> okay. Because that's the only reason why I'm here. Fuck everything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Was, this was fun. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's been it's been fun. And uh, any last words from from everyone? Yeah. Uh, Just shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. <laughs> Always. Always. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, hair bags. <laughs> oh, we didn't cover that. We, we, <laughs> we did not cover real that. quick. Let's do twenty seconds. Oh, I've seen that. Have you had any great hair bags lately? Any uh, any that you'd recommend? Oh, so I haven't, uh, I think the last hair bag I had was when I was in DC a few months ago. I actually sent you a picture on Twitter. Um, I am going to do a bunch of travel soon, um, also internationally. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward for some good hair bags. I'm going to be in uh, Vegas. I wasn't planning on it, but duty calls. 
So I'm sure, and I'm going to be at two different hotels there. So <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some great hair bags. I will, I will, I will send you their pictures. Oh, we'll trade hair bags then. Yeah. In Vegas, at least. Yeah, it's 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 nice because it's warm there. So I think it's a different quality of hair bags. <laughs> and with that, good night, friends. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Yeah.